From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit, a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her guest lineup of authors, healers, educators, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Each week, Sherrianna and her team of experts share remarkable insights about life, spirit, manifesting, and more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just Ask Spirit. I am Sherrianna. I'm your host. And if you're new to the show, I am the author of many books. The latest is called Emotional Detox Now, Emotional Detox Now. And this is a show about spirituality and mental health. And if you've heard me before, you, you know, I believe that we can't separate the two. I think that they go in hand in hand and they support one another very, very well. So I'd like to begin the show with everybody just taking a nice deep breath together. So if you don't mind, you just sit up nice and tall. If you're driving, keep your hands on that wheel, but take a deep breath with me. We're going to inhale through your nose and exhale through your nose or your mouth and just kind of relax your shoulders and invite spirit into this conversation. And once again, let's inhale through our nose. And exhale through your nose. Beautiful job. Hooking up to the spirit that resides within each and every one of us. So let me ask you this. Let me start with this question. Who in your life has made a tremendous impact on you? And you probably have more than one person, hopefully, but just pick one. And then the next question I have for you to reflect on is if you were to pay tribute to this person, um, who would you pick? And I know you might have, again, a lot of choices there, or maybe not, but who would you pay tribute to? Well, my next guest today has thought about these questions and has taken some time to reflect and actually did pay tribute to someone really important in his life. And his name is David Richmond. David, welcome to Just Ask Spirit. Thank you, Sherianne. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Excited to have you on the show. Thanks. I'm very excited too, because I'm uh, totally drawn to your complete focus on emotional health and processing and reflection. I know that um, my, um, my tactic, my, my approach is a little bit different than yours, but oh my gosh, we have the same, we have the same goal in mind and that's to um, get people to understand the emotional facets of what they're going through. And I'm very drawn to your messages and, um, your spirits. Uh, it's amazing. Oh, thank you so much, David. That's very sweet. So I was drawn to your book. Um, it, full disclosure, David, my husband is an avid cycler. So your book stood out to me when I saw the title and I love the title. And when I told him about the title, he said, damn, I should have used that title. Wow. <laughs> That's a great title. He must have said it three times to me. That's such a good title. Why didn't I come up with that title? It's like any good idea, right? Right. Um, and and so I, I wrote your publisher. I was like, please, can I have a copy of the book? Because I'd like to give it to my husband for Father's Day. And and actually they sent it. And as always, when something comes in, like, here you go, just read it now. You don't have to wait till Father's Day, but um, right. really, really inspired by your book. Um, let's tell the audience a little bit about who you are, David. So um, first of all, as you might've guessed, audience, he's an author of a book called Cycle of Lives. And you're going to talk about that because it's mm-hmm. it, there's a picture of him of cycling on the front. So if anyone out there likes to cycle or ride in the woods or whatever, um, and you went on a 5,000 mile bike ride in tribute to your sister, correct? Yes. Well, that was part of it. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So uh, my sister's name was June. Mm-hmm. And when she was going through 
um, her battle with terminal brain cancer, I um, was kind of drawn to the idea uh, behind this book. It's, it's, you know, it's not my first book. It's like my fourth or fifth book, but um, I was really drawn to, um, to write the book, uh, watching her go through her process. And then every year uh, after she passed, I did a four June in June charity event which involved like a long distance run or a long distance bike ride or whatever. And when it came to uh, the book, writing this book, what what I, basically what I did is I I interviewed a ton of people like for a couple of years, sorry, like a couple of years, like getting super, super deep into their, their stories, their trauma, how they were, weren't able to process the emotional side of their journey. And then I said, well, geez, if we're all tied together by story, and I know you're a big storyteller, mm-hmm. if we're all tied together by story and we're tied together by emotion, what better way to tie the stories together than to get on my bike and be the thread that ties the stories together? Because I met all the people for the first time that I had been interviewing for a couple of years. They were scattered all around the country. So the bike ride was kind of my way to tie those stories together. And so the book is like those 15 stories. And then in, in between, a short little narrative of the bike ride, the people I met along the way, and then some of the emotional issues that I still hadn't dealt with, um, uh, you know, with regards to losing my sister. Okay. So let me get this right. So you, you were interviewing these people before the bike ride and the bike and the bike ride was a way for you to actually go physically meet them in person. Yeah. And you, I would imagine you would have had to map that out. I mean, that's... oh my god, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Get, get a load of this. I did almost five thousand miles in forty-five days, and I went basically from California, zigzagging my way across the southern part of the states to Florida, and then I did. I went down all the way down to Tampa, Florida, across to uh, Orlando, and then zigzagged my way up to New York City. So. That's how I got 5,000 miles. I did it in just 45 days. And so. So what did you average, David, um, uh, in in terms of miles? Yeah, like 120 miles a day. That's what my husband said. (laughs) That was 120 miles a day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and then he'll know, and anybody that's a cyclist is listening will know when you're on a bike and and it was a heavier bike because when you're, when when you're on, I was on interstates because I had to get from point to point right away. Uh-huh. And so a lot of bumps, a lot of nonsense. I, I had a little bit of a heavier bike. I was carrying a lot of gear, obviously. I was staying at hotels and and, and I had a, a support crew along the way. But um, the funniest thing, Sharon, and, and your husband will, will appreciate this, is when you're biking across the country, it doesn't matter what direction you're going in, the wind's in your face and the hills are always up. They're never down. <sighs> and so I was, I averaged 11 hours a day on the bike. So Oh. Um, 11 hours a day. My longest day was 17 hours. My, my shortest day was seven and uh, yeah, 120 miles a day, average of 11 miles a day, 41 out of 45 days. So it was a bit of a trek. Unbelievable. And was there ever a point where you were like, I don't know if I can, I'm going to make it. <laughs> Did you ever feel that? I mean, I, I'm thinking about how sore I would be on a bike. I mean, I'm not a cycler, but I can't even imagine what you do. And I mean, when did you do this, David? And do you, I mean, you're, mm-hmm. do you mind sharing with the audience? Cause they can't see you. Like I yeah. can see you, but do you mind sharing how old you are? Well, I am 58. I, um, I did this about four years ago. Uh, you know, cause once, and you know, this as an author, right. Once you write, once, once you, once you get the premise and, and especially with something I'm dealing with a narrative about the most intimate, private, deep, emotional periods in people's lives, doctors, patients, loved ones, caregivers, that's who I interviewed. And I'm, and, and they're telling me the most, uh, you know, evocative, inspiring, super personal things. So to get it right, it took me a while to write the stories, right? I had to write the stories, you know, because I'm writing, imagine writing the story of your life or one of your daughter's lives or something like that. You can't, you, you can't fake that, right? It's, it's re- especially if you're getting into the really, really hard stuff. And so it took me a while to write the, the book, but I did the bike ride at the end of interviewing them. So I interviewed people for a couple of years. 
And I, I wrote now, the How did you decide who to interview? What was the, the thread there? How did you pick this group of people? So um, what I did when I saw what my sister was going through and her and I were able to have really deep conversations. She had a wonderful husband and two young kids and great circle of friends and very grounded and very appreciative of the time that she could uh, use to connect with people in a more, you know, urgent <laughs> way, really, because of what she was going through. So she was able to talk about a lot of the emotional things. But I noticed, um, Sherry, that a lot of people were not able to do that. Um, uh, doctors, patients, loved ones, survivors, and they, they could deal with the tasks that tr around trauma. Gotcha. You know, oh, how do I get to the to the chemo chair? How do I navigate a time off? How do I get my kids looked at Why I'm going to doctor's appointments? These kind of uh, uh, tasks they could do. But when it came to, and you, you know this more than anybody, when it came to the emotional side of their trauma, the difficulties that they were going through, that people kind of really isolate, they, they kind of pack that really far away. And so what I wanted to do is I didn't want to talk to a bunch of people who could shed light on the same perspective. Mm -hmm. I wanted a bunch of different perspectives. So mm -hmm. I talked, I had to find doctors, I had to find nurses, medical professionals, people who had cancer one time and done, people that had cancer their whole lives, um, people who's had a range of emotional responses from, you know, desperation to even happiness. I mean, there was just, all, I wanted to shine a 360 light on it. So um, in order to do that, I really had to go seek out um, a ton of different people uh, through co-calling cancer centers, co-calling hospitals, asking friends, asking doctors to, to do have interesting stories, people that might shed light on this aspect of what prevents people or what allows them to navigate the emotional side um, mm -hmm. so that I could really talk to them. And, and a lot of that, and you, you know this, but a lot of that is in relation to the traumas that they've already experienced in life. Right. And I wanted to shine a light on this in many different ways as I could, not just you know, boom, oh, let's talk to 15 people who had the same experience so we can understand it really deep. So that's right. how I, I went about it. Any surprises there in terms of, <laughs> so you really honed in on the emotional. You said your sister had a, a way of being able to navigate the emotional. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very interesting how you said people are really good at the tasks. Okay, this is what we have to do, right? Mm -hmm. This is the schedule. This is the treatments. And let's just hunker down and do it, but they're not so good at the emotional piece, right? Um, again, any surprises there? Uh, quite a few. And some of them uh, didn't happen until I had talked to so many people that I was just shocked that, that, that some of these things were recurring. But um, one of the most amazing things, and I, and I loved it, when I, when I found the right story, which was you know somebody who had the openness to talk to me who had an interesting, evocative, moving story um, who um, I could relate to and I thought that the reader could relate to. It was interesting how every single person said, ah, I don't think you wanna to talk to me. My story's not that interesting, oh, right? Interesting. And it's because we're all going through things we're all dealing with our life and we're all just living our life. We don't think anything special, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not really drawn to people who think they're special, right? But I don't think there's that many people that do, right? I mean, everybody's just like, ah, you know, like you, you, you see, uh, you know, the, the, the woman or the man that wins, you know, uh, uh, People Magazine's most handsome person. And they're like, dude, I look in the mirror and I just see me. I don't know what you're talking about, right? That's, I can relate to that. And so everybody that I spoke to really um, thought that their lives were not that interesting. They were just dealing with what they were dealing with. And uh, meanwhile, I was floored by, by, by how unbelievable their life stories were. That was a common thing. A another surprise uh, was how deep that sentiment was about people feeling not equipped to start hard conversations around the emotional side of what they were going through. They felt like, well, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't, I feel ashamed. I don't want to um, invade somebody else's personal space. I don't want to say the wrong thing, right? There was all of these, this turmoil that- On both sides. So on both sides. In, on both sides. So you're taught you in terms of, 
the people who are dealing with the illness and then mm-hmm. the people who are caring for them. Eat both sides. You found Absolutely. this, David? Absolutely. And they felt, and, and I love the, what you just said. They felt unequipped. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because like, what do you say to somebody, you know, you're having a great day and your kids are healthy and happy and you're going to sports and you're writing books and you're doing all this stuff and you're like living your best life. I mean, you got problems, everybody does. And then all of a sudden somebody, uh, you know, that you haven't seen in a while and you you see this kind of like hard look on their face and say, Hey, you okay. And they're like, Oh my God, you know, I just got some bad news. You know, my nephew is going through something and it's really bad. And you're just like, Oh, I'm sorry. You want to back out. Cause you don't want to then go, well, let me tell you how great my life is going and how great my kid, you know, it's like, right. It doesn't matter who's going through it. And if you're the one going through it, I, I noticed many times, like I talked to one oncologist who's been an oncologist for 40 years. And I was asking her questions and, and, and oftentimes she would say to me, geez, I've never really talked about that with anyone, wow. right? So even people that are, that are not the one going through it, but if you are going through it, then it's like, geez, I don't want to burden you, Sherry. I'm not, I, I feel, I don't want to uh, feel guilty. I certainly am not looking for your sympathy. So I might just keep the stuff to myself and maybe I don't want any help because I, I, I don't want to feel weak. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to show you weakness and there's just all these different things that I could relate to that I really believe everybody I spoke to I was just floored by that interesting yeah now take me before you said that this is your what number book well I wrote a books uh uh, in in uh, industrial type books like in the finance world so what were you before all of this is my question so you were (laughs) you were writing books yes but they were on a whole different topic. All different topics. So um, my, my previous book uh, to this that's for public sale is called Winning in the Middle of the Pack. And that is this book that I wrote when I, when I kind of made the transition from being an overweight smoker, sedentary, coming out of a, a horrible personal situation. I had four-year-old twins I needed to, to take care of and, and um I was just at a really, really low point in my life. And I, and I turned towards endurance athletics to get me um, uh, like refocused and go down a new journey. And I wrote a book called winning in the middle of the pack that talks about kind of the parallels. Another between- great title. <laughs> you are brilliant at the, at the well, I, 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 well, you know, this. It, <laughs> it takes a good editor too, right? It takes a good editor. So, so, okay. Yeah. So the, winning, so the winning in the middle of the pack idea is like, um, I grew up and I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to this is we really worry more about what other people think about us than what we think about us, yeah. which is easy to do, especially, sure. you know, if you're, you've had a rough life and you, you, you know, whatever. Um, my, my point is, is that in the, in, I had learned a, a ton of hard lessons up until my middle to late thirties, but mm-hmm. I never learned how to apply them to the guy in the mirror. Mm. And I, I, I didn't care what I thought. Cause I didn't even know what I thought. I just cared what everybody else thought. And in the middle of the pack, which is like this idea when you're, when you're doing a marathon and there's 5,000 people, or you're doing an Ironman and there's 2000 people, like I'm one of those guys in the middle of the pack, nobody's watching and nobody cares. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one doing it. Nobody's paying me to do it. Right. So so it's like the only thing that matters is me. So, so it's like this idea of how you can win in the middle of the pack, because the only person that's watching, whether you win or lose is you. And as long as you're doing your best and you're learning and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're growing, then that's winning. And so it, I kind of talked about that in this book, but, but interesting. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. And I can see how you and I are very connected because, you know, emotional detox is all about the, the, how do you do this? Like what you said, you know, in terms of, well, what do you do? I have all these feelings. I, I, I don't know how to, we don't, we're not equipped kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can so relate to that. And there's so much, I don't know if you look at it this way as well, David, but there's so much opportunity there. Right. I mean, when someone says like the oncologist, I've never really talked about that. I mean, I don't know what spark, I mean, it's a surprise, but do you see it this way as well, David, now that you're like, holy crap, there's, there's a whole, there, this is, there's such an opportunity here to dive into. Yeah. And, and, and that has been the biggest joy of this 
combination of two things in my life. One yeah. is a combination of what endurance athletics taught me. Mm -hmm. um, and two, doing the cycle of lives project. When you put those two things together, which that's been like a 20 year journey, but I've, I've learned that exactly what you said is opportunity. And, um, I, you know, I had at the low point in my life, when, when I'm overweight, I'm smoking, stressed out, I got, I got all kinds of problems going on. And then I hear my sister, you know, is, is going to die of cancer. And, and it's like all this stuff. And, and I'm complaining about my life to a friend of mine. And he says to me, just to, the, the right thing to say at the right time, because sometimes you don't hear things until you need to hear them. Right. Um, he looked at me and he says, dude, stop complaining about all the problems in your life. Because what you do is you create all these problems or you surround yourself with all these problems and all these problems are rabbit dogs. <laughs> and you are the kind of guy that goes, oh, I'm so incredible. I can go pet the rabbit dog and it won't bite me. And then it bites you and you get all pissed off. He goes, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you stop worrying about everybody else? And why don't you start fixing your own problems? And I went, Ooh. oh my God, you know what? You're right. Like I've never done that. And it just hit me at that time. And so where you mentioned opportunity yeah. and I didn't learn this uh, right away, but I've learned it. Can, can I pause you right there? Pause because, pause because I, I think it's significant. I really want to bring the audience in on this conversation. So if you're mm -hmm. listening, um, come in a little bit closer to this part of the conversation, because this is where we can pick up on spirit. Right. And what you just said, David, was it hit me in a certain way. Right. So I'd heard it. Maybe perhaps you heard it in different, whatever it was, there was the timing of it. And it's not mm -hmm. so much what he said, but it impacted you. It's like an aha, would you say like an aha moment? Right. Without a doubt. Okay. Everybody listen up, circle up here. That's spirit. Right. Sure. That's spirit. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say, right. It, do you, do you relate to that? Oh, I, I absolutely a hundred percent relate to it because uh, I, this is a complicated um, topic, right? But it's such a wonderful topic because, you know, I think that, that there's people that already kind of like have everything figured out, whether that's the maximum that they could figure out or not, but they're just not open to those kind of things or they haven't mm -hmm. learned how to be open to them. Um, and, and I think that just, if, if you can just make yourself a tiny bit vulnerable to having a spirit or to something speaking to you and looking for answers rather than already knowing all the answers. And what, when he said that to me, I, I, and not even figuratively, like literally, I stood in front of a mirror and I looked at myself and I said over and over out loud, who are you? Like, wow. who are you? Like, who, who, who are you? What do you want to be? David, I have the chills. I have the chills. But, um, we have to take a quick break, David, but I, I, I absolutely, I have the chills, everybody. I really do. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to pick up where you left off. Um, so hang in there, everyone. We'll be right back after the break. From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. Sherrianna Boyle is all about empowering you. Her life has centered around mindful approaches to healing the mind and body. Her main belief, your emotions matter, processing them matters more. As a spiritual teacher and adjunct psychology professor, she is the author of nine books that can help empower lives from Emotional Detox Now, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, to Mantras Made Easy, and The Conscious Parenting Guide to Childhood Anxiety. There is certainly a book there for you. Find yours at SherryAnnaBoyle.com. 
Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. of magic for a more purposeful and passionate life with professional astrologer and psychic medium Rachel Lang. Discover magic as a spiritual power that's alive within you and experience signs and synchronicities that make you feel less alone and more a part of the whole. Mention discount code DREAM for 20% off when you register for the Demystifying Magic Realize Your Power and Shape Your Life workshop at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, July 1st to the 3rd. Learn more at eomega.org. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I'm speaking with David Richman. He is the author of the book called Cycle of Lives. You can find David Richman at davidrichman.com. So, you said a, another beautiful word before the break, David, and it's called vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? And you might say your life was at a breaking point. And sometimes I feel that we need to be at that breaking point where we can't there. We really have to surrender. Right? It's like, it's almost like, it's almost like spirit says, how are we going to get this person to just surrender? How many more things need to happen? And I can so relate to that with emotional detox that you get to the point where it's like, uh, okay, I, <laughs> uncle, <laughs> <laughs> uncle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you're in this space of vulnerability and i love what you said if you could just open and just know be open and willing to ask and know that you don't know everything so do you want to continue a little bit on that thought sure i i love to and so when i when i um i did an event Sherry, where I had no business doing it. Okay. I don't know if anybody is listening is in Georgia. If you know the road from Athens, Georgia to Atlanta, Georgia, it's very hilly. It's 87 miles. And every year they do a race there from Athens, Georgia to Atlanta, Georgia on rollerblades, 87 miles on rollerblades out, out in the hills of Georgia, completely stupid on rollerblades on rollerblades, completely ridiculous, especially that for sounds somebody very who, dangerous to me. It's very dangerous. <laughs> and especially if you're not coordinated, it's just, it's not fun. So I I was brand new into this kind of like, I'm going down a journey to see who I am and what I'm capable of and even just learn anything about myself. Right. And I get to this point about 30 miles in and you can appreciate this. I didn't recognize it at the time, but I've lived my life ever since that moment, kind of with this in the back of my head is about a third of the way through. I was toast. You know, I'm sure your husband knows about hitting the wall. Like I had hit the wall as hard as the wall could be hit. And I'm, and I'm leaned over and the sweat's pouring out of my, out of me and, and creating this line on the asphalt and I'm just done. I'm ready to go home. And I go, okay, that's it. You're going to quit, you, you know, quit. And then a little voice inside of me said, you know, if you do quit, you're going to know everything about yourself. You're going to know everything about the world. You're going to just know everything is that that's it. You can go home, you can pack it up. You can, you, you can just be done. And, and then there you go. You, you've reached all the limits of everything you're ever going to know. And then I said, but if you could just do, just do one more step. This is the voice. This is a voice inside of me said, if you could okay. do one more step, like you're going to learn something new. Okay. And then if you make another step, you're going to learn something new and another step and another step. And what, what you, what just said, what you said, the opportunity, it was like the opportunity to go what the heck am I going to learn? What am I going to find out about myself? What am I going to find out about the world? How am I going to find out about how I relate to the world and my circumstances and how much I can handle and how fresh my, 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 my approach must be to everything. Otherwise I'm not going to learn. And I just said, man, I'd much rather go through life, not knowing any answers, not knowing anything, not going home and packing it up and saying, I got it all figured out. I got the opportunity to learn. And so I eventually on, on that race, I made it the, the, the last 60, 60 odd miles, but 
Um, but I learned like a million things along the way. And I learned, and I, every day I want to learn. So it's, that's the opportunity that you were talking about for me. Interesting. So I have to ask you, you know, you, mm-hmm. you've mentioned the voice and it feels very much like you were being guided at that moment, right? There, there's a voice and I'm assuming that June is crossed over at this point. Is this before? Okay. Um, how do you define spirit? It, it's, it is um, a, well, I can only define it from my perspective, right? Yes. From my yeah. perspective, um, a spirit is um, being grounded, being authentic, being open. Like, for me, I didn't hear anything until I forgave myself. And just said, when I was looking in the mirror and I just said, like, who are you and what do you want to be? All the things that I knew about myself, let's say not all, but a lot of things I knew about myself, I didn't, I didn't necessarily like or appreciate. And I had to say, okay, dude, just free your mind, forgive yourself. Just, you didn't know then what you know now, um, just let it go. And so for me, spirit is when I was finally grounded into this idea that I could just let all my crap go. Like I could just forgive myself. I could just free my mind and open myself up to what the world could bring to me, even what I could bring to the world. Right. Cause if, if I can just free myself, just, just, just be authentic, let it go and just lean into what I could learn. Then I could be open to hearing direction and hearing spirit and, and being drawn to certain things instead of, instead of already knowing where I was going, just learning where I'm going. Like, so for mm-hmm. me, spirit is like a, it's like a draw. It, it draw, it draws you, but in a very grounded, authentic way. Do you know, like, like I you have- couldn't agree with you more. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I love the forgiveness tie in mm-hmm. and the freedom because it, it does occupy you. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it, when, when we go in that, you know, do I, for whether you're forgiving yourself or forgiving somebody else without that, it just can consume your energy. It can put in these barriers. I don't know if you agree with me in terms of, even if they're invisible, you don't even know they're there. And the only way I know that is because I know how to forgive and it is so darn liberating. (laughs) What you say, David, when you're able to do that, and you're so right, the, they're grounding everybody who's leaning into this. Being grounded is a part of that. I, I'm really glad that you highlighted that for people, because I think sometimes we think of it as sort of wispy and just this, right? Yeah. But there is an anchoring involved in that authenticity. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I think that it's really, um, important to understand this idea of of the person in the mirror because like i'm i'm not not great yet at at having developed the tools to forgive others as well as i have developed the tools to forgive myself and Mm -hmm. it's something i'm constantly working on um and but i didn't start to forgive myself until i took an honest look at myself and i just said look man I mean, these, these are the ways you're ruining your life. These are the things that you're doing wrong. This is not who you want to be, or you can do better, or just, you know, just shut up and open your eyes, right? Like just like all these things. And I, and I just said, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do now. Then just, just free your mind, let, let let it go. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think my intention was a little more pure and, and um, purposeful, right. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, grounded and just like, like, like just open. I'm not so sure that I'm that great yet at forgiving others, but, but this book has given me the opportunity to really gain some perspective behind the thought of, you never know what people are going through, or you never know what they have gone through. Like I I know what I, what I went through and what I've gone through, but I never faced it. Once I faced it and then forgave it and just let it go, I was good to go. But learning that other people are dealing with all kinds of really difficult things or have overcome difficult times in their lives gives you some ability to understand 
that you gotta for, you gotta be able to forgive. And and it, like you said, it's yeah. so freeing. It's really freeing. It, it's absolutely freeing. And and what's kind of cracking me up right now that I want to highlight to the audience and kind of bring into the conversation is it cracks me up. And I have appreciate that spirit will always talk to us in the way that is the tone, the language, the wording, everything that we will understand and that will help wake us up. And I love the way your spirit's like, knock it off, (laughs) (laughs) David, knock it off, right? Like get your act together here. And that's something I want to highlight to everyone that, you know, spirit doesn't always sound the same for all of us. And they, it's like, they know how to have a conversation with you. Right. Um, and that, that's what did it for you. Right. Like just, yeah. you know, get your life together, stop complaining. Right. And, and there you are. So, um, I can so appreciate that at well, times. You know, it's so funny. And be, I, nobody's ever really pointed that out to me. I'm glad that you did because, you know, when you think about it, like when you walk up to a buffet and you go grab like three desserts, you, your inner voice is like, oh my God, you're such an idiot. Dude, why are you grabbing three desserts? You know, it's not good for you. And, uh, and you're so, you're this and you're that, right? You just beat yourself up. Would you ever in a million years, talk to like a seven-year-old kid that walks up to the buffet table and grabs three desserts. Would you ever look at that kid and go, oh my God, you're such an idiot. Three desserts, <laughs> are you stupid? Right? But we talk to ourselves in such a way. So I think you pointed it out. Like I was so used to, cause I was so judgmental of myself and thinking that I would let people down or whatever that I would just, I would talk to myself that way. Like, oh my God, you're such an idiot. And when I finally was able to let go of it and just say, okay, don't just, just forget about all of that. I think it was that voice telling me, Hey, stop being an idiot. Yeah. Like enough. Right. Well, they, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And of course my inner voice would say, um, is that (laughs) gluten-free? It wouldn't beat me up and say, okay, is it gluten-free? I'm one of those, you know, people, but anyway, um, you lost a lot of weight. You stopped smoking. I assume no more smoking. How long did you smoke for? Well, I smoked for 20 years and, Ooh. um, yeah, it was a long time, long time. Uh, gotcha. yeah, a long time. And, um, you hear what you hear when you hear it, you know, what you know, what you know, it, like we talked yeah. about before, you know, my, my daughter, my, I had twins, boy and girl. And when they were four, we were on our own and, and finally kind of to safety. And we just found out my sister had terminal brain cancer. And my daughter looked at me, I don't know where she heard it, but she said, Hey daddy, um, you know, um, smoking is, it causes cancer. And she was almost five. Smoking causes mm. cancer, and Aunt June's dying of cancer. I don't want you to die too. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna quit. Like, yeah, I'm done. Like, like, yeah, you just hear what you hear when you hear it. So, I had yeah. never, um, I had never tried to quit before that, Sherry, because if I failed at quitting, I would have beat myself up, and then it would have been okay to to fail. I didn't want. I never tried to quit because I didn't want to fail at it. Um, once I quit, <laughs> I was like yes. done. I love that. I I've never heard that before. So you didn't want to try to quit because you didn't want to fail at it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can everybody relate to that right now? Like think of all the things, um, that you want to quit, but you don't want to fail at it. So you don't bother to try to quit. That's amazing. I love that. Of course, my little cleanse, which is the steps of an emotional detox, like kind of perks up to that one because that's a belief we could clear. But anyway, moving on, you lost weight. You, I mean, you stopped smoking. That's yeah. number one. Number one. You lost weight. How much weight did you lose, David? Uh, almost 60 pounds. 60 pounds. Significant, 60 pounds. right? That's like a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and you're an incredible athlete. I mean, you, you've really, I mean, I, it's just really inspiring to hear how you really have changed your life around. And then here you are writing all these books and, and mm-hmm. developing yourself in this way. Um, do you ever sit back and just say, holy moly, like, I just got to take this in. Like, do you ever take a moment to take in your progress? Yeah, I, I, I have recently because I'm getting ready to do my 20th Ironman. I've done like, no, oh, yeah, I'm getting, okay. I've done like 
a, you know, ton of 50 mile runs and hundred mile runs and what, and uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm doing a 24 hour bike ride in Texas. And, 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 and I think to myself, I'm almost at the point where I've been doing endurance athletics as many years as I was sm a smoker. And it's like, Ooh, that's kind of cool. Like, okay, now, now I can be defined more by a guy who does this stuff than a guy who was fat and excuse, you know, I don't mean that uh, derogatorily, but you know, yes, guy yeah. was, well, you know, how that's how you saw yourself. Right. right? Yeah. And so, yes. so um, yeah, it's been almost 20 years and I go, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. And, you know, on this, in this, on this idea of not wanting to fail, I, I think that if, if it gives us uh, oftentimes a chance to not want to try anything. And when somebody says, Oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. I go, no, if you're committed, you could do it. Like if you, if you, if you will not allow yourself to fail, you could do it. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. And so, um, and even if you do fail, it's okay. At least you gave it your best shot, but at least you got to try. Right. And I love this idea on Ironman, this idea of I might not finish first, but I'm going to finish ahead of the guy that never started, you know? Mm. And it's like, like, wow, man, it, it's, it's been a really, really fortunate journey for me because it's permeated everything in my life. This, uh, this opportunity to lean in and learn like what I'm capable of, what I like, what I can do, how I can inspire others, the people I've met along the way, you know, those are all been the opportunities that have been given to me from this journey into endurance athletics and, and also the cycle of lives project. So yeah, I'm, I'm reflective on it all the time. When you're Ask your husband this, when you're on a six or eight or 10 hour bike ride, you can mm -hmm. do a lot of reflecting. <laughs> oh, he, he says he talks to God yeah. <laughs> and sometimes he's mad at God, right? <laughs> yeah. He just like, that's his time. That's, that's when he talks yeah. out loud to God. Right. And, uh, asks all those questions, right. And questions are such a big part as you pointed out as your book shows that be willing to ask questions, not just for yourself. I think that's what you're showing us today is you can connect and really to your spirit by asking other people questions. I mean, there's something very powerful about going to someone and saying, can I ask you about your journey? Mm -hmm. Right. And there's something, um, it, it doesn't always have to be about us <laughs> is the point. And, and that's what the important, uh, I got a, I got an exclamation and point that because that was something that was so important about this book. So I interviewed way more than 15 people, 15 people made the book, but, um, but we always hit a roadblock with everybody that said, okay, we got to go deeper. And, and this is a deep, deep, really personal level. Sometimes I wasn't able to go there with that person. Sometimes they weren't able to go there with me sometimes we weren't able to go there together but the 15 we were able to go there and so when I wrote the first draft of the book I send it to my editor and she goes this is crap she's like what what do you do you missed the whole point of your book and I said excuse me <laughs> she said, you wrote these stories interview style I go yeah I interviewed them for a couple of years and then she goes no, no 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 you're not part of their life get yourself out of it you have nothing to do with their journey. You have nothing to do with their life. You were given a gift. You were given a private view into the deepest, darkest parts of their brains, their soul, their heart. You do not belong there. You're, you can shine a light on it for other people, but get yourself out of their story. You don't belong there. And I went, wow, you know, that's brilliant. You're right. So um, as much of an opportunity I was given to, to ask people questions and some were able to go as far as we needed to go. Um, it, it, it was really accentuated that exclamation point that I just mentioned is that, yeah, asking the questions, being given the opportunity co to connect with people in that kind of private, authentic, really meaningful way is, is unbelievable. I mean, it's really a real joy. Yeah. And that's a sign of a good editor when they do that. And, you know, they really, and, and it says, speaks a lot about you, David, because not, not everybody can hear that feedback, right? They might get a little bent and they might not know how to, you know, you do, you have to have that stamina, you know, be willing. You know, I remember with my first book, I wrote the first, I wrote, it wasn't uncommon to write one chapter six times. And I tell that story, right. And, you know, as a writer, I mean, 
in the beginning, it would take me maybe six tries. Now I can write a chapter in two, three tries. It's never done on the first try. I don't care who you are. It's never done on the first try. No No way. The longer, the more you do it, the better that it comes out, right? We do, um, we are coming up to the end of this segment. So I just want to give you an opportunity. Um, Cycle of Life's project, you've mentioned that a couple of times. Would you like to to say something about that? Well, sure. So, um, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of money in books, but books do sell and and money comes in. And I get, I I do um, expressive writing um, uh, uh, workshops. Uh, I, I work with, many, many, many dozens, even hundreds of cancer organizations doing those kind of things and talking, whatever. Any proceeds that come in from mm-hmm. books and otherwise uh, related to Cycle of Lives is actually donated to the cancer-focused charities that were chosen by the book participants. So it's an ongoing mm-hmm. thing. Um, any event that I do that raises money or whatever, we just send that out to the cancer-focused organizations that were chosen by the people or the survivors in a couple of cases um, uh, 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 on the book. So that's why I kind of call it a project because it's mm-hmm. on, it's ongoing and, and it will be ongoing hopefully for many, many years to come. Ah, oh, that sounds wonderful. And they go to your website, I assume mm-hmm. David. So once again, everyone, his website is David Richmond. That's pretty easy.com, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his book is called Cycle of Lives, and you can find it on his website. I saw it there and on Amazon, all that good stuff. So um, make sure you grab a copy. It's got some really great stories in it. We didn't talk about any of the stories today, but if you want to know more about those interviews, then grab his book. Thank you so much for coming on Just Ask Spirit, David. Oh, it's awesome. I, I knew we were going to have a good talk and I'm Me certainly glad chance. So thank you. And I love, oh. love, love what you do. So keep doing it. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll be right back after the break, everyone, to give you a little message and a little cleansing from spirit. Are you looking for a simple way to stay in shape and care for your emotions? Well, look no further. It's Sherrianna here, and I want you to know I have been teaching yoga for over 20 years. My style might be a little different. I include a little bit of cardio, yoga, breath work, and of course, you're going to hear my emotional detox teaching sprinkled in. People describe my classes as therapy. (laughs) So zoom in and practice yoga with me live on Tuesdays at 930 Eastern or Thursdays, noontime Eastern, where you can take it on demand as I record everything. Go to sherryannaboyle.com, click explore memberships to learn more. From the vibrant soul of Sherryanna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. Looking for a fun and relaxing getaway? Omega Rest and Rejuvenation Retreats are a great way to unwind and renew your spirit. Sit and read in the garden, explore the woodland trails, or try a daily yoga or meditation class. You can stretch your body, quiet your mind, and do as much or as little as you choose. Located in Rhinebeck, New York, just 90 miles north of New York City, Omega's natural environment and quiet pace allow for extraordinary experiences to unfold. Learn more at eomega.org or call 800-944-1001. When we think of a detox, we usually think of it as a physical experience. But what about a mind-emotional detox? With Sherrianna Boyle's new book, Emotional Detox Now, you get just that. Inside, you will find 135 of Sherrianna's signature cleanses laid out for you. In just five minutes a day, you can enjoy the soothing benefits of an emotional detox. Imagine feeling centered, calm, and free. With an emotional detox now, you can. Grab your book today at your favorite bookstore or go to sherriannaboyle.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, 
bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Sherrianna. Now uh, we're at the part of the show where um, I deliver messages from spirit. I also talk about cleansing, which is the seven steps of an emotional detox. Interesting thing happened during the commercial folks. Um, Dave and I were chatting and he was saying some things and I was listening to, you know, how he hadn't gotten, there were a few points that he had hoped to mention during the show. So I took, I listened, took in the information and decided that he and I would do a cleanse together come back on the show, share a little bit about the cleanse experience, and also tie that into the, a couple of points that, that, you know, when he said that, I almost felt like his spirit was perking up like, Hey, (laughs) I've got a little bit more to say here. So, um, in the little bit of time that we have here, um, couple of things, um, do you mind if I start, first of all, David, welcome back. (laughs) No, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to still be with you. Yeah. Well, this is how it works, folks. When you're listening to spirit, when you're connecting to spirit, sometimes, you know, you think you're going right and you're going left. (laughs) You're being guided at, at all times. And so what we did was we started to go through the cleanse and initially, David, you brought up to me that you felt like one of the key things points that you wanted to bring up to the audience was the importance of asking questions, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you have a nice story and that's in your book. So I'm going to have people refer to the book for that story in terms of how powerful questions can be. But I think one of the questions, um, tell, tell them one of the questions that you can ask someone if, um, somebody's hurting. So uh, hard to ask personal questions, right? Especially mm-hmm. if it's somebody we don't know, or if it's somebody that we know on a certain level, and now we are going to ask a question that's going to put us on a different level. It's really hard to do. So I've learned through this pro- project to ask different questions, such as instead of saying, I'm sorry, and trying to get out of the situation, I'm going to ask a question like, you know, if somebody has uh, something that they're going through, I might say, you know, wow, how do you feel about that? Or I might say if they've lost someone, oh my gosh, were you close? Or I might say, um, oh my God, tell me about them. Like just recently, somebody lost their, their, their grandmother at 104. And I go, oh my God, how in the world does she live to be 104? And that was like, I would never want to invade somebody's space before. And this authentic connecting type of question asking is okay to do, you know, it's, it's okay to do. Love it. So I want to give you those tips there folks. And so what, what David and I did was we, we cleansed and what I honed in on in the cleanse was how it makes him feel Uh, when he does ask a question and people do open to him and a very interesting thing happened. And this is where spirit ties in. So as he's processing, because we process, it's important to process all the emotions, not just the ones that are quote unquote negative, which I don't believe there's any bad emotion, but even positive things that happen to us, like people sharing their stories and being vulnerable. That's a positive thing. So I asked David to share, well, how does that make you feel? We went through the cleanse steps. Now what spirit said to me was, um, I picked up on a belief, right? I felt his energy deflate a little bit. Now here's the interesting part when I felt it deflate and it was minor, it felt like, uh, why would you tell me your story? You know, why would you pick me to tell that story too? And what it was mirroring was what you, what you were talking about, David, earlier, when you said, when I asked you, what did you learn? What was your surprise? And you said, people feel like their stories aren't important, right? So the same pattern was showing up in you in terms of, Uh, why would you tell me your story? I'm not important enough to hear your story, right? So 
everybody listening can see how our the mirrors here of what's happening on the outside is happening on the inside. And so we cleared that. So what was your experience, David? Yeah. I mean, you definitely dialed into something really, really uh, cool because it is a trait that I carry around that I'm trying to um, have better self-talk around. And that is that it's okay it's okay to bring attention to yourself, even if it's dealing with the negative things or the positive things or whatever. But I, I don't, I, you know, like I'm comfortable with the guy in the mirror now, but I'm like, ah, you know, my story is not that interesting. Nobody wants to hear about it, you know, whatever. And so you, you definitely dialed into that. It's a, it's something that, um, it's not a very favorable quality because, um, if I, if I'm going to care about other people's stories, why aren't I going to allow them to care about mine? So, you know, I definitely need to, and I do mean that authentically. I do love, love connecting with people on a very deep level, but it's just, it's not fair if I'm not willing to do the same thing. And um, I find myself, you dialed into it without even knowing me, um, that that's something I, I constantly need to work on overcoming for sure. Well, I didn't get, you know, my experience with it, David, was it was just something old that sometimes runs in the background that it's so hard to pick up until you start really processing what you feel. So cut yourself some slack there because (laughs) um, it's just like, it's there, but the volume was so turned down in terms of, um, and you're so, um, compassionate and eager and folk, you know, and to help other people that sometimes it can get a little lost. You know, we do, we can lose ourselves a little bit, but it's gone now. So, you know, you don't need to work on it because we just cleared it, David. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So I I love my, my new affirmations and when I'm on long bike ride, I'm going to be reaffirming those things over and over and over. Yeah. Well, it, it's just the fact that it is interesting how, what we, you and I are learning together. And I'm always, I learned so much like you, just from talking to people like you and anybody I'm learning with you that, um, what I'm hearing you and I realize is that people are more likely to ask questions when they feel worthy themselves. And so if people aren't asking questions, we have to, you know, ask the question that is there something, a worthiness thing there that is just not happening right now. So it's not that they don't care, you know, it's not that they're, you know, callous or lack empathy, because we can go to those places. Oh, they don't give a crap. They don't give a crap about anybody else, but themselves. Right. But really, is that true? And I think you and I are kind of touching upon something, a new kind of conversation around that. Yeah, that's that's the truth. And when you know somebody cares and you know their intention is 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 as pure as you would hope that it could be, um, that is a really, really wonderful place for us to be safe, to be ourselves. You know, I often tell people in, in expressive writing things, I go, hey, I'm not judging you. I'm not answering you. I'm not solving anything. All we're doing is trying to get you to hear you. Right. And it's like, I, I'm a witness to that. But when you know that it's safe and that it's intention is pure, um, then, then yeah, that's, that's where some real magic can happen. And you just gave me some of that. So I appreciate it. Uh, this was so much fun. I hope, I hope everybody got something out of that. Sometimes we just, you know, off the cuff here. So really the message from spirit is to, you know, I, I encourage people today, we're going to blend this with David's work that the message from spirit today is take time to process. You know, if somebody opens up to you and they do share some vulnerability, whether it's, you know, math really stunk today, or, you know, my, my work is so stressful, you know, take a moment to really process, you know, and when people share with me, it makes me feel. And as you do, you might just do what David and I just did. And you might start clearing whatever's holding you back from feeling that worthiness and that light that you are. So thank you so much, everyone, again, for listening to David and I. He's the author of Cycle of Lives. I'm the author of Emotional Detox and um, now. And uh, thank you for listening. Remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Take care. 
Thank you for listening. Join Sherrianna next time to continue this remarkable journey of discovering the amazing power of your emotions. Reach out to Sherrianna directly on SherriannaBoyle.com. Share your comments and ask your Just Ask Spirit questions. Until next time, remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.